Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome everybody to episode number four of MassCast. My name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Wyatt. Hello, everybody. Wyatt is the Howling Mad Murdoch to my B.A. Baracus. Howling Mad Murdoch here! Oh. <laughs> so, we want to thank everybody for tuning in for episode four. And uh, first, we've got a couple things to uh, tell you about. Obviously, you just heard our new little mass cast intro. And thanks to my buddy Wyatt for putting that together with his mixer and the computer sounds. Yeah, we're having a little bit of fun with some uh, sound effects here. I finally took out the old uh, DJ mixer and thought I'd spice it up just a little tad. That was great. And if you listen to the vehicle code names for both of us, you'll know that we are both driving pickups. <laughs> yeah, we're pickup men, like the country song says. Mr. Dakota and Mr. Frontier here. So that was pretty cool, and uh, maybe we'll put some more stuff together down the line to include in these mass casts. Who knows? They might even be funny. <laughs> <laughs> we might even add some some uh, make-believe weaponry on our vehicles, you know? Never know what we're going to come up with next. Yes, we have some very uh, distinctive minds. I guess you could put it that way. But I also wanted to give out a quick shout-out this week to matttracker.com. And if you guys haven't been over there yet... I wanted to start giving some shout-outs to some people keeping masks alive, and matttracker.com has it all. You can go to interviews where he has interviewed some of the voice actors. He's got everything about the toys and the cartoon. He's got fan art. Uh, he's got his own blog, and, I mean, it's just loaded and loaded with mask information. And also the message board where you can interact with other mask fans and post your art, post you know comments and everything. And we've interacted with them. It's been a while since we've been back there, but just a quick shout out to them. And they have a Facebook page, so go hook up with matttracker.com. So are you ready to travel down the highway of terror? I am. So let's begin the mask cast. So this week's episode is episode four, The Highway of Terror. First off, we see uh, this military unit coming across the highway in the desert carrying a load of plutonium. And then you see old Miles Mayhem just sitting in the middle of the road, sitting in a chilling. Just chilling. Chilling like a villain. <laughs> nice. I like that. That worked out. Excuse me, sir, I'm Captain Miller. You're blocking a military convoy. Oh, I am, am I? Well, you see, 
I'm a magician, and I'm here to entertain your troops. What? Watch. And then he uh, he hops up and uh, starts working some magic. Right. And then all of a sudden you see what looks like steam vents to me uh, popping up all over the place. And then shortly thereafter, you, you have uh, the rest of the Venom crew popping up in different places. Right. Uh, Vanessa joins Mayhem and we have Dagger and Rax right. all appearing in this episode. Right. And then... Uh, they uh, basically make the truck disappear and take the plutonium. And, of course, the army men are trying to figure out what happened, where did it go. Sir, the semi with the plutonium. It's gone. What? That's impossible. And then the next scene, you see a Mr. Dwayne asking Matt for help. And, of course, Matt is all too excited to always help anybody in trouble. We need your help, Matt. You can count on it, Dwayne. Right, and it it was kind of weird that they didn't really introduce Dwayne, and I'm I'm thinking uh, having seen uh, most of these episodes, uh, I guess about uh, a year ago, that he's part of this organization called the League of Nations, which we'll see. The one I really remember him being a part of is when the uh, Statue of Liberty disappears in that uh, in that episode. Right. But they didn't really give him a, a beginning story or really introduce who he was. He was just kind of, hey, I'm here and Venom stole some plutonium from the military and we need your help. Right. And then Matt clearly obliged and said, we take care of it. Then the scene kind of flips right back to a secret cave where Venom is putting the plutonium in, in this container, earthquake machine, something. And then... Um, then it kind of flips right back to mask. As well, they, actually, right, bef- right before that is where they call the mask agents together before they head back to Venom's hideout. Oh, that's right. And uh, what I really noticed about this episode and even the last episode, the visual effects on the computer have gotten a lot better when they go from agent to agent. Yes. It's a lot smoother. Um, we're not seeing the, you know... Uh, I think it was the second episode where we were seeing agents previously announced still on the screen right. before they flip. But it's gotten a lot smoother. It's the uh, the sequences of the agents and where they're at and what they're doing. It's a lot more simple, I think, uh, and still uh, it still works. Right. And uh, so they call the agents, and Matt uh, tells Scott and T. Bob. You're going to the lake on this mission. You're going. You're nowhere near us on this one. Dad, are you going on a mission? I'm afraid so, Scott. All right. When do we leave? Shortly. But you're only going halfway. I'm dropping you off at Clear Lake with Mr. Spencer. You know where the three pounders are, and where the pound and a half rubber boots are too. Right. And uh, you notice that Matt is dressed up in his red uh, suit and helmet again, and but we don't right. see. Anywhere in the episode, we really don't see him use that. So we don't know. I don't remember if it's called Spectrum. I think it is. But uh, we don't see what it does. We have no idea what this new suit really does. It's just that it's... Different look. Right. If he's not in Thunderhawk, he wears a different suit and mask. But uh, I guess we'll find out in later episodes. So, uh, so Mask 
they kind of gather together in the war room um, after we get back from the scene where what you were talking about before with Venom uh, loading up the earthquake machine. And then uh, they decide to head out to the highway location, at first dropping Scott and T-Bob off at the lake. Right. And then the earthquake happens while they're there at the location. And I thought it was really cool. They jump back in Rhino, which is you know the, the technical hub or the, uh, the mobile base, right. so to speak. And they're able to do some really cool things, I think, for 1985 in tracking the earthquake and the origin magnitude of the earthquake. And they use uh, some scanning technology to see that Venom's behind this. They actually, you know, it's like almost like x-ray vision, and they see the, the Venom vehicles. Right. And they're like, oh, we need to get there. It's no coincidence. Venom's inside. What are they doing in there? Nothing worthwhile. Come on. Right. And then they show up on the scene, and um, they're starting to see uh, the city crumbling apart. You see a large uh, building getting toppled, and you see Mask just arrives kind of on the on the scene, and they split up into two different teams, and then uh, they kind of just corner Venom. Yep. And then we see Venom getting ready to do some more damage, but then someone is screaming for help, and then... Matt sends off a team to go rescue the lady and her chil- her child, and then the other team is going to to battle Venom. This is it, Venom. Help! Somebody help! How convenient. Let's get out of here. Bruce, Brad, Alex, Gloria, help that woman. We'll take care of Venom. And this is when we actually get to see Penetrator's first use. Um, yeah, that was a great sequence between... Both of them. I mean, that was pure, a pure mask battle, I think, Yes. Uh, yes. in that scene. Going back and forth from mask to mask, uh, Vanessa uses the whip, and she kind of, it almost looks like she throws it at uh, Hondo, knocks him over. Um, you see Dagger shoot the torch, and Dusty's there to kind of thwart that. And uh, that was a really, really good scene. Right, I agree. Rax, yeah, and Rax does the... Uh, stiletto and uh buddy uses the penetrator so that was a really really good battle scene there and i believe it's dusty that saves the day there and uh kind of knocks dagger back on his butt (laughs) (laughs) and loses uh the box that they were using to To store the plutonium Yeah, or I actually I think from what they were saying, and I was trying to understand how they were doing it, but it, I think it was almost like a remote to where they can direct where the earthquake that's goes. What, this the box, device, that's what they called it, I think. And uh, and that's what they go they go after another one later in the in the episode, but um, so they kind of leave that one behind, and we have another little battle there where. Uh, is it uh is it mayhem that shoots his mask and topples the building on um well, no he shoots a missile out of switchblade he's sitting there and he shoots a missile out of switchblade and shoots it at a uh, building and then that collapses on dusty and of course you get the, the dramatic suspense that right before the commercial uh like, oh no and collapse oh no! 
And then Venom takes off, runs away. And then you see Hondo come on the scene trying to melt or, or disintegrate all these, all the beams out of his way. And then, you know, of course, Dusty has to say, hey, don't disintegrate me. Hey, wait a minute. Don't evaporate me. <laughs> right. I do remember that part. So they rescue Dusty, and after that they discuss how Venom acquired their earthquake machine, asked themselves what Miles would need it for, and so forth. And then the scene cuts to back at the cabin with Mr. Spencer. Right, and uh, T-Bob diving in the lake, and it's the lake is like receded. Right, tremendously. Uh, Last one in the water is an old scrapyard. And they're trying to figure out what happened to all the, uh, where all the water went. And did you, like, notice or kind of stop and think, wouldn't he malfunction if he got wet? I thought that. I seriously thought that. (laughs) You'd think a robot. What's what's a robot doing swimming in the water? Right. But, you know, maybe this is one of those technological advances, you know, that (laughs) T-Bob is waterproof. Since he is a vehicle, you know, maybe he's waterproof. So maybe, you know... I'm sure that was just something, you know, kids wouldn't get when we were kids yeah. watching it. But now as adults looking at it, we're like, uh, wouldn't he be short circuiting and and flipping out and all this? But that's, that, that, that's exactly what I was going to say, that I, I would, ne- would have never thought that watching this in 1985 as a kid. Uh, but that's stuff like that, I guess, that comes to mind now. <laughs> right. So anyway, they're they're out diving they discover the lake is drained so scott contacts matt back at mask headquarters uh which i kind of found kind of shocking that they that mask returned right back to hq to discuss further what was going on anyway you see the i thought it was pretty cool the secret uh telephone that matt has right there in the end of the conference table Little, yeah, that was uh, that's, pretty, that's, an, that's a neat feature. Right for 1985. Right. So anyway, Scott tells them that the, the water is receded. They don't know what happened. So the mass team is back at brainstorming, trying to figure out what Venom is doing. And they come up with the plan, the perfect ambush. That's right. By uh, sending out a fake satellite transmission, I think is what they called it. Yeah. So they set up the, uh, Venom for this ambush. Uh, they intercept the signal, and they get out on the highway again where they have the trap door. And this time, Mayhem and Rax shows up in a hot air balloon needing fuel. Right. And, of course, they oblige and... Uh, Give them the, the, the propane, I think, is what he asked for. What's the problem? We seem to have run out of fuel. Perhaps you could spare some. Bring a couple of tanks of propane. Right. And the truck drops in the secret hideout there, and they open it up, and boom, it's Rhino. It's a trap! Open it up! It's a trap! Give them the work! Right, and did you notice with the truck how futuristic it was? Uh, It was all nice and like aerodynamically shaped and so forth. It reminded me of an old uh, 80s, it might have been... Towards the beginning of the 90s, I'm not entirely sure. Short-lived, it was called The Highwaymen. Yes. Where they had two high-tech 
tractor trailers. Uh, yes. Both had helicopters. It reminded me of, uh, I can't think of the guy's name now, not the main star, the other guy that was Australian that used to do the old Energizer commercials. Get new Energizer. Yes. Boy. Yes. Yes. That guy, yes, I that remember truck that guy. is what it reminded me of when I saw this clip. I'm sitting there going, wow, did the creators of Highwayman copy this truck off a of mask or is it coincidence? Yeah, I didn't understand why they needed a that strange looking truck there. Right. I mean, it's mass. It's a normal pickup. It's mass. Yeah, you it's know, mass. Matt has tons of money. He can make any cool looking tr- car, truck, and whatever else he wants. <laughs> right. And, you know, later on in these episodes where he comes up with the mask plane, I guess you would call it, or mask jet, to haul the vehicles to where he's at in different parts of the world right. that they never really explain either. So, yeah, I mean, he's got billions of dollars at his disposal. Right. So. Uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on that I saw in a, I think it was episode, I think it was the first episode, is the Venom henchmen they occasionally use. Yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, what Cobra did with G.I. Joe, where they have just like these random henchmen they need to, to carry out their plan. Um, and it just, it always seemed kind of funny to me that they wouldn't introduce a few more Venom characters earlier on in the episodes instead of using maybe these henchmen. Right. But, and you think, you know, I guess you got somebody to, I guess you need somebody to keep the earthquake machine running. I guess so. Uh, and you don't want to leave the, the, the cool Venom characters kind of behind. Right. And I always thought, you know, as much as I like the good guy scenario, look at how many mask agents there are. And then look at how many Venom agents there are there's only four venom characters for most of most of the uh, tv shows like so it's kind of right. funny to see it's always maybe six or seven on four on occasion you know matt or the actually the mass computer set selects only maybe three or four but to me it's like an uneven fight come on get some more it, venom characters unless uh they ran out of voices i don't know I, it could that could have been but i look at it from a vehicle standpoint too because like in this episode you got matt bruce hondo brad alex buddy dusty and gloria i think they're all in there but you got gloria who's the co-pilot of gator and right and buddy who's the co-pilot of firecracker right so they kind of double up in the same Vehicle. Uh, vehicle. I don't know. It's it is kind of weird that I guess the good guys are outnumbering the bad guys, but I don't know. I I'm I'm kind of along the lines where I would would have liked to seen some other Venom characters introduced earlier, right? If possible. But anyway, so uh, Rhino comes out, opens up the door. Uh, Mayhem tries to take out Rhino, but he ends up blowing up his own machine. Yeah, and then. Uh, Rax uh, crashes into the machine or the wall or something where the switch is open. He opens up the trap door, and that's how Venom makes their escape. Right, and then we see Dusty shoot his electronic ice at Jackhammer, which it looks like it short-circuits Jackhammer. Yeah, uh, it can drive, but that's all it seems to be able to do. Because I I saw it escape out of the out of the ramp, and the gun was backwards, right? Yeah. So uh, okay, so mass can't go after Venom because they got to take care of that plutonium that's right spilling out. That's 
yeah, it's leaking, and uh, so Venom will have to wait for another day. And they take care of the we get plutonium, to, yeah, we, and save the day. Used to kind of ball it up, and then they put it into the, one of those uh, containers, and then um, of course they try to laugh it off like they do on nearly every episode. And Matt suggests that Venom won't be trusting satellite information anymore. They get a chuckle out of that, and right then they close out, and of course move on to the ever popular safety message. Yes, and this week was. Before you dive, make sure the water is deep enough. To do to dive into, yes. It's so hot, I can't stand it anymore. I'm gonna take a dive. Wait, stop, T-Bob! You know how deep the water is there? You'll get seriously hurt if you dive into shallow water. Which was funny because you see T-Bob overheating. They're sitting there sunbathing and all of a sudden, Oh, I'm too hot! Oh, it starts running <laughs> to jump in when Scott stops him which is kind of funny to watch a robot kind of lose his balance. So that really ends it for the show. So now it's time for our verdict, and i got a feeling that we might not be giving it a four this week. That could be a quite a possibility there. <laughs> so what was your verdict? Uh, well, I actually gave it a five this week. I was really impressed. Like you said, it was there was a lot of improvement. Over this episode, they did a lot better animation. They did a lot better with the computer. A um, couple minor things, but not nothing I would even really uh, take subtract off of the rating. How about you? Yeah, I was same thing. Uh, a few minor things that I noticed that I probably wouldn't have noticed back then, but it was a five, uh, no doubt. And I think uh, the fans, the the people that voted, agree with us because. We've had nine votes so far. Eight of them have been fives, so and one four. So I, I think everybody would agree that this is one of the, at least the best episode probably so far. Right. Uh, it's gotten T Bob. They kind of take a break from this episode, which, you know, that's not necessarily why I gave it a five because they weren't so much involved. They were still kind of there, and some things happened. They weren't directly involved with the mission, but. It was uh, it was good for them to kind of take a break. Uh, the the battle sequences we talked about was good. Right. A good story. A good, you know, this wasn't kind of a. It was well, I guess it was kind of a take over the world sort of plot. But it's usually it was his... more. <laughs> yeah, but it was more of a uh, short term, you know, kind of a experiment. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, we see the League of Nations guy. I wish they would have kind of incorporated him more into the into the episode and kind of introduced it, but um, I still think it was good. Right. One other thing I wanted to bring up before we get uh, into the movie tie-ins is the kind of identity of when the mask agents have their masks on, they're out in the field, and they encounter civilians... And it seems like so far that Matt's identity and all the other agents' identity are, are, are trying to be kept secret. We saw it kind of this week and kind of with the Native American family wondering, who are you? And they, he didn't really tell them, hey, I'm Matt Tracker. Right. I'm just here to, to kind of help you out. Right. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm trying to remember if they kind of try to keep that secret identity throughout these episodes or if they kind of relapse on it a little bit because obviously this guy from the league of nations knows who he is right and if and a, the usually the people at the beginning of the episode that show up at his house knows 
he can do something about it. He's just not going to throw money at <laughs> the bad guys. Right. So. so we move on to our movie input. We always try to... That's one of our key topics we've been trying to tie in somehow our movie script with each episode. And uh, one of them that we find, uh, just some subtle ones in the episode, you see the desert scene scenario there. We chose the desert uh, because of where the Boulder Hill actually resides. So we chose the desert and we chose a, the location uh, around the Las Vegas area. So you see a lot of Las Vegas, uh, at least towards the corner of the city and you see uh, the outskirts where we have Boulder Hill, at least where we'd like Boulder Hill to be, to be placed. Uh, we also see, uh, we'll see later on uh, a water battle scene there at the uh, Lake Mead. So we'll, we'll get to see a little bit more. The other one we see is a little more interaction with Rhino. Uh, we have Rhino in the episode. Again, remember we're, we're starting out. So, uh, you're not going to see all the computer stuff sitting in Rhino, uh, but you'll see the stacks like like on the cartoon. You'll see it. it you'll see them being in use. Um, and then, of course, Condor seems to be like a mainstay throughout most of the episodes. But Condor's uh, actually one of our first prototype vehicles that we introduce into our movie script. But we get to see him use the Hocus Pocus mask um, both in the episode and then in the movie. Uh, we'll be seeing Brad using that more. So Gator, we see a little bit of Gator there in the episode. And of course, you see more of it in our movie. Um, we tried to incorporate what vehicles we used. We tried to let you see everything in those vehicles as most of we, what we could. So like Jackhammer, you'll see it transform into its little tank transformation. Same with Piranha. You'll see the water battle between Piranha and Gator. Um and so forth. Uh, we think it's an awesome movie. We wrote it, so we th- that's, you know, we think it's awesome. But <laughs> and we kind of have the League League of Nations in there in kind of a different identity, right? In what we call the agency, but um, there's still that kind of liaison between Mask and the government, so to speak, right? Uh, for a while there, so I won't go too much further into that. Let's get into our Fan comments. We have two comments that have come in today, actually this week. Anna and BW Media. We were having some glitches that uh, Jason was able to fix on Blogspot, so hopefully now everybody will be be able to comment. Uh, we don't know if that was causing the issues before, but uh, this hopefully will remedy it. Yeah, hopefully that's cleared up. I changed the settings. Uh in the blogger so hopefully everybody can kind of comment now and i apologize if you haven't been able to up to this point but uh anna says about this episode this is a great episode i gave it a four at first but changed it to a five after seeing it again it is a good story and in good action i love the scene when mayhem sits in the rocking chair in the beginning and later when he lands in the balloon together with Rax to distract the military another great scene is the confrontation between vanessa and dusty and the moment after when Dusty stands face-to-face with Switchblade. Great action. I'm probably going to give a lot of the episodes a 4 out of 5, but I suppose if I had thought that many of them deserved 1 or 2, I wouldn't have been such a big fan. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. And then and then our uh, BW Media, which he also posted as Shadow Wing Tronics, 
This is one of the best of the masked stories with the more terrestrial crime, no aliens, space rocks, or magic books, and some good battles. Plus, we get Mask performing rescue operations, having to let Venom escape when the plutonium does the same, and dealing with the collateral damage. Scott and T-Bob are used just right. They aren't in the action, but the lake going dry becomes a clue to Venom's plot. Minor nitpicks are having a cavern dug on a military transport route big enough to have a huge vehicle battle in, and you'd think Mayhem would be smart enough to realize that if a transport route had been compromised, especially something as dangerous as plutonium, the military would change routes, unless Venom had the whole area around the center city rigged with trapdoors to an underground cavern. Overall, a great episode for the series. And I kind of agree with that, but you know, going back to what we said before about not noticing any of that stuff when we were younger watching this, um, I, I'm not really picky about that at all right great episode we really enjoyed it obviously we had a lot of fans that enjoyed this episode which is great and we want to continue asking you to keep plugging and sharing our our efforts for the mask the movie project we're always looking for any plug that we can get not just for our movie but to actually see mobile armored strike command on the big screen Right, and that's why I wanted to plug matttracker.com. There's a couple of other mask sites out there that we'll give shout-outs to in later MaskCast episodes. So, But that's going to about do it for this week. Coming up for next week is Episode 5, Video Venom. And Venom hypnotizes innocent people through their television sets and threatens to use them to attack a Texas oil refinery if not paid a hefty ransom. Killing Ought to be very good. Yes, it should. Well, that wraps it up for us. On behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt, and you have just listened to Mascat.